0: Welcome to True North Nation. This was brought to you by Solid Rock Church in Irving, Texas, where we bring you true direction in a lost world. Now let's hear it from our host, Pastor Ed Snyder. And welcome back to another episode of the True North Nation. We are so glad that you have joined us. Back from a bit of a pause for a building program to expand the ministry of Solid Walk Church. But nonetheless, we are back. We are excited about today's podcast. So get something to write with. Grab a cup of coffee. We'll be right back. All right, we have some pretty exciting news for you today. Uh, I posted this in a blog post on the website at truenorthdfw.org. But in case you haven't read it, and I can't stand it, it is just humbling, honoring uh, when I learned this. Uh, and, and here's the story. It's about True North, or excuse me, it's about Control the Beast. Uh, my wife and I visited a church with about an hour's drive from the Dallas uh, area and uh, some months back, we did a Control the Beast event there three night, three Wednesday nights in a row, and uh, great results. God moved; it was it was just awesome. One of the young men that was in those sessions during the Control the Beast event came to me uh, Sunday night when we arrived and said, "Brother Snyder." you have no idea the impact that Control the Beast is having, how many people, how many lives it's being touched. And I'm like, all right, tell me about it. He said, I, I see a, a, a counselor, a psychologist on a regular basis, and uh, I gave a copy of your book to him. Now, this is not a godly type Uh, Psychologist. In fact, he rarely speaks about God, but he uh, accepted the book. Later, he came back to me and told me, "I read this book, and this is some of the most awesome content I have ever read uh, in my entire career on the subject." And I'm like, "Whoa, wow, okay." And this, then he really dropped the bomb on me. He said, "This guy is now teaching." Control the beast in his sessions. He's taking the material that he is learning from your book and teaching his clients on how to handle their emotions. And I'm—I was just waylaid. I was so honored and so humbled uh, by that—that that testimony. So I just thought I'd share it with you, our our fantastic loyal listeners. Uh, what control the beast is um, accomplishing, and we give God all the glory, and as I always say, to God be the glory for all that he has done. And so, again, if you haven't, if you're listening today, if you're one of our new listeners, welcome to the True North Nation. I encourage you to, to get involved. Go to our website, truenorthdfw.org. Click on our uh, email list and get involved there. Also, if you have not gotten a copy of Control the Beast, go to Amazon.com, punch in the search feature. Control the beast, Ed Snyder, and it'll pop and grab you a copy, either the ebook or the printed version. And uh, pray, I pray, I pray that it will be a blessing to you. All right. So, as uh, as announced in our email, that uh, today we are launching into the subject of the fruit of the spirit. Now, if you've been in a church any time at all, if you've attended church, you've probably heard a sermon or two or a lesson or so on the fruit of the Spirit. There are nine of them uh, in Galatians uh, chapter 5. And so we're going to break out into, and I just felt like the Lord spoke to me about this. We are doing this at Solid Rock as well and share it with you uh about the fruit of the spirit, what is it? what is the fruit of the spirit and and of course we're going to talk today about what it's not. and another thing that uh, we want to realize is the fruit of the spirit you know we've always always been taught and always, uh, looked at, oh, we got to be Christ-like. You need to be like Jesus. Christian actually means to be like Christ. And so that's great. And that's, of course, I think if if anybody's serious about living for God, having a relationship with God, then that is a desire of their heart, is to be like Christ, is to uh, act, uh, operate, think, Uh, do as he has done when he was on earth. And so the big question about that ultimate goal is to be like Christ. How? How can we do that? I mean, we were born and shapen in iniquity. Nobody taught us how to lie. We just lie. Nobody taught us how to cheat. Nobody tells us uh, how to do sinful things. Why? Because that is... Our nature to do so. Whether you like it or not, whether you want to believe that or not, it is in everyone's nature to do sin, to not do what is right. Even the great apostle Paul wrote in Romans, That which I love to do, I don't. That what I hate to do, I do. It's the struggle, it's the fight between flesh and spirit, and spirit against the flesh. And it is a constant battle. It is something that we deal with every day. And so, but how can we get the upper hand? How can we get on top of that? And again, the most common phrase across the board is that the fruit of the Spirit. Now, what, how, where? What are the fruits of the Spirit? How can we develop them? And where do I get them? Okay. So again, what, uh, what are the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit is a term found in the book of Galatians, which is where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church uh, in Galatia, who have been led astray from the gospel of Christ and reverted back to the law of Moses. And so again, well, the law of Moses. I mean, that that all cannot be that bad. Well, yes, it is when you have advanced to living uh, in the gospel of Christ, living in the Word of God, living in the Spirit of God, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, once you arrive to the Acts two thirty eight message and experience it, and begin to disciple into the gospel, or in other words, live. Uh, according to the apostles' doctrine or teaching, there's nothing else to go to. There's no reverting back. There's no divine revelation, only learning more of how the Bible instructs us to live more effectively. So, let's uh let's break this down Galatians chapter five as a foundation as a beginning of our study and I'm really excited about this not only are we going to break down the nine fruits of the spirit we're also going to look even into the psychology of fruit of the spirit and this living like Christ by the fruit of the spirit so um let's let's get let's again go into Galatians chapter five starting with verse number sixteen. Uh, verse 16 talks about uh, walking in the Spirit. And it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Sounds pretty simple. Sounds pretty easy. If you'll just simply walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, verse sixteen: For the lust, uh, the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. There it is. There's what we were talking about a minute ago: that war, that fight. Yes, if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. However, there's a there's a challenge in that that the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary, they're causing friction, they're causing a problem, so that, uh, again, the Bible says, so that you do not do the things that you wish, the, the good, I really do, and I hope this is your heart's desire, I want to live for God. I want to be pleasing unto the Lord. I want to live holy and righteous unto God. I want to make heaven my home. But how do I know that? How, how do I have confidence that if something happened to me right now and I fall over dead, that I'm going to heaven? That's a great question, something to think about, and we'll get through it together in this series. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, again, he's talking to a people that have left the gospel of Christ and went back to the law of Moses. So he's addressing this right now. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, self, uh, selfish am- ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, uh, revelries, I didn't say that right. Anyway, moving on, and the, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past. In other words, Paul is saying we have been over this. All right, that those who practice such things, now listen, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pretty plain and simple. Pretty straightforward. I mean, again, don't, don't, uh, <laughs> don't, don't shoot the messenger. Okay. Uh, When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus at night, when Nicodemus came and said, how do I inherit uh, the kingdom of God? How do I get to heaven? Well, you must be born of the water and the spirit. How can I enter my mother's womb a second time? No, it's not. It doesn't work like that. You've got to be born of the water and of the spirit. And then he says, or you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And again, Jesus says it again, those who practice such things that we just went through that big long list will not inherit the kingdom of God. We can't go to heaven if we are practicing all these things of the flesh. Now, verse 22, he brings it around. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self control now this is what i love against such there is no law there's no there's not any law against love there's no law against joy against peace against long suffering against kindness against goodness against faithfulness gentleness or self-control. In other words again, Paul is addressing these people that have left the gospel of Christ and followed after the law of Moses reverted back to where they came from and said, look, there is no law against this. Verse 24, and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And then he roundhouse, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Remember now in verse 16 he says I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But now in verse 25 he rounds house and says if we live in the spirit let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So here we go. Let's 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 get this down um to walk in the spirit means that the holy spirit lives within you believe on the lord jesus christ and you shall be saved is not all there is to it it's not just believing and having faith is important it's the actual first step you got to believe god is able to forgive you of your sins you got to believe that the waters of baptism is the thing that we do to get our sins washed away buried with christ in a watery grave. But we've got to walk in the Spirit. And to walk in the Spirit, we have to have the Holy Spirit alive within us. You're putting your life in a continual presence of the Spirit of God. You're abiding with Jesus as a vine abides with a tree. John chapter 15 And verse number five, I preached on this a few Sundays ago, uh, branches without the vine. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So ladies and gentlemen, probably what we're going to have to do is swallow our pride and realize that, yes, you have talent, you have skill. I don't want to hurt your self-esteem. And uh, But, you know, where did your skill, skill sets, where did your talent come from from the very beginning? That's the first step that we need to understand and come to terms with, that God gave us this ability. God gave us this skill set. God has given to us all of our talent, and without him, we wouldn't have it. Without him, we don't have the wisdom to function properly. So again, we've got to get connected to the vine. In California, when we lived in California, our uh, we had with uh, the house that we moved in had um, grapevines, and I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, I'm from St. Louis. I mean, you know, city of St. Louis. Um, grapevines. We got the grapes out of the produce section of the grocery store. And so here's a grapevine. And so, man, I about killed it three or four times trying to learn how to grow grapes, how to, you know, get a lot of lot of good grapes off this grapevine. We learned how to prune it, and we learned that it takes a lot of water to grow grapes. So we watered those vines, and we uh, put up the trellis for it to grow and expand and 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 stretch out. And then, uh, man, we, my wife and I, were so excited when grapes started growing on the vine. And uh, we here, here. Let me bring this point. This is the point that I was wanting to make to tell you this story. Number, never have I clipped off uh, a branch from the grapevine, and that branch survived by itself. It died. It withered. It had to be connected to the vine. However. Here's the funny part of this story. We worked so hard in growing and nurturing those grapes only to find out when we put them in our mouth, they were as sour as can be. Didn't know that whoever owned the house before us actually planted wine grapes, which are not sweet grapes that you pick off of the produce shelf. It's made for production of wine. So anyway, a lot of fun work. Basically for nothing, but uh, with the growth process and the lessons were learned that you never sever a branch from the vine, and the and the branch survives. So again, as as we are are getting close to our time up for today, let's let's hit the question of why the fruit of the spirit. You know, this is this is not just a good reading. Uh, in the Word of God about the fruit of the Spirit and the nine uh, fruits of the Spirit. But we've got to, living in the fruit of the Spirit means you are aware of the influences of the Holy Spirit. Now, I mentioned earlier that if you're going to live for Him, uh, if you're going to walk in the Spirit, you've got to have the Spirit alive within you. However, when we now narrow it down, when we go down another level, when we get a little deeper of the why of the fruit of the Spirit, the why is living in the fruit of the Spirit means that we are now aware of the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. As a child of God, we should be and want to shape our lives around the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Someone who walks in the Spirit patterns their life after Jesus Christ. It's, it's a way of faith. It's living for God. It's walking with God. You know, people... Sometimes the perfectionist is so worried about, oh, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to, I'm going to bring sin in my life and not worry about, I mean, not, not know it and all of that stuff. Quit worrying about that because the Bible tells us that if we're doing something wrong, but our heart is in the right place and we are really striving to live for him and be like him, the Bible says, God shall reveal this even unto you. So if you're doing something wrong, Mr. Perfectionist, sister perfectionist, don't worry about about it, God is going to reveal it to you, then you can take care of it, understand it, know it, repent about it, and get rid of it out of your life. But we can't get caught up in what we're afraid we're doing. We need to get caught up in what we're doing right, understanding a few things. That living in the fruit of the Spirit means that you're aware of the influence that the Spirit has upon you, and then that you want to shapen your life around the leadership of the Holy Ghost. Folks, yes, there is an incredible amount of importance that we have a pastor in our lives. I've got a pastor. I pastor a church. I've been in ministry for 42 years. But I have a pastor. I have a bishop. I have a mentor. I have, in fact, a couple of people in my life that can say, Ed Snyder, go over there in the corner, stand on your head for 30 minutes, and I'll die trying, because I put that much trust in the people that I have uh, asked to be a pastor, a bishop, a mentor in my life, because everyone needs a pastor in their life. So that's one thing. But folks, a pastor is rendered ineffective if you don't allow the Holy Ghost to work in your life. Did you hear what I said? A pastor is rendered absolutely helpless, cannot do anything for you if you don't allow the Holy Ghost to be the leadership in your life because it's in the spirit that we get our spirit under the blood of Jesus so that that man of God can speak into our life, preach to us, teach us, counsel with us and guide us the direction that we need to go. So understand that, grab a hold of what I just said. It's the way of faith. It's how we walk as Paul said, walk by faith. Now, the opposite of walking in the fruit of the spirit is following the fleshly desires. That's a given. That's natural. I mean, that's that's a that's a no-brainer. That that's the second nature to us as human beings. But it's not natural for humankind to live by faith. Hello? Mm. Uh, Yes, I said it. It's not natural, not natural for humankind to live by faith and live life without sin. Why? Because, again, we are born and shapen in sin and iniquity that's really who we are that's what we are is a sinful nature is a sinful man woman and so therefore if you don't want any effort put behind it just walk out the door and let it fly and you can you can live a life of sin but it takes it takes focus it takes concentration it takes effort and it takes tools to be able to live for god and live by faith it takes effort. So, as we are again running out of time, but I wanted to touch on building Christian character. Now, that's that's a that's very much a part of living for God, developing our relationship with God. Uh, character. Think about that word, character. Another word that kind of means the same thing is integrity. Now, the enemy of character or integrity is image. Image is what people think we are. Politicians pay people big money to polish their image, to get them to look as the voters would like. And um, we're kind of going through that right now. It's not working too well for them, but that's kind of what we're going through. Image is skin deep. Integrity is to the bone. Integrity or character is what we really are on the inside. And if you, again, if you've been in church any time at all, you'll understand what's on the inside comes out to the outside. That's why Jesus said, be holy for I am holy. That we first need the spirit of holiness before we can actually do the acts of holiness. If we get holiness on the inside, holiness will show itself on the outside. Same thing in living for God. If we get the spirit of God in us, it will show itself on the outside. So we want to be like Christ. And, and have you ever wondered how to accomplish that, to build Christian character, to to uh, uh, live for God? How, how do we do that? Uh, I tell you, the marks of Christian character. You Ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Mm, that last one's a real tall order. According to Paul, and what we will learn over the next several episodes are distinctive traits of the evidence of the life that belongs to Jesus Christ and is filled with the Holy Ghost. Make sure you come back next week. Next Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock, another fresh episode will drop right here on all your listening platforms as well as truenorthdfw.org as we go through the series of the Fruit of the Spirit And how can we live for God and take these marks of Christian character and apply them and the psychology behind them, and why are they there for us to live for God? God bless you. I love every one of you. I'm so thankful for the kind comments that you are leaving in our social media. Go uh, hit, if you haven't already, go join our social media. Uh, TrueNorthDFW.org is our website. Uh, join our email list. Go buy a copy of uh, Control the Beast and uh, read it. And again, email me if you have any questions. We'd love to help you in any way we can. Until next week, God bless you and have a great week on purpose. To find out more about finding that true destination, visit us at truenorthdfw.org.